the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brad the Big Noise Evans here joined by the good sir Nathaniel Lundy. This is the Fade the Noise podcast. And as I rolled out of bed on Monday morning, the big news in the NFL, Lundy, Involving one Deshaun Watson, who I think has got a mountain of lawsuits still pending against him, but no criminal charges filed for the reportedly nefarious acts that he was a part of across multiple states. Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network tweeted out that Texans are now willing to listen and have been for some time to trade offers for star quarterback Deshaun Watson. Multiple sources tell him and Rap Sheet, but the price is high for a player of his caliber and should be. It will likely take at least three that's right three first round picks and more to acquire the cornerstones services and you know watson um awkwardly showed up to training camp uh over the weekend for the texans but made it very well known though in a cordial fashion that hey i'm here uh, i'm following what i had agreed to previously but I'm not going to play for you guys, so you need to trade me. Obviously, uh, with the dark cloud still hanging over his reputation and overall profile, Lundy, it'll be interesting to see what the Texans do with him and what kind of haul they're going to get. I don't think they're going to get three first-round picks, but what I do know is this. He could maybe be stuck in football purgatory this season uh, because if he does not get dealt uh, in time because a lot of people don't want to take on the baggage associated with him. He may not play a single snap for the Houston Texans and really hogtie this team. Plus, we have to wait, too, for Warden Goodell to potentially issue a a violation of the personal conduct policy and what that suspension could look like, though he is not on the commissioner's exempt list at this time. So a lot of variables, a lot of moving parts. With all that updated, uh, let's do a little preview of the Texans and how just terrible they could be this year without Watson. Houston, I have the worst regular season record, plus 250 right now at William Hill. Are you sledgehammering that? Because I am. I'm not sure they're going to win a single game this year. Brad, I hit that a few weeks ago. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I think they're going to be so awful this season. And it and this, this was tied not only to everything going on with Deshaun Watson, which, oh, hey, by the way, three firsts. <laughs> Good luck. Godspeed to you. Pull your head out of your ass. You're yep. going to be lucky to get one first. Uh, he is completely damaged goods right now off the field, and there are teams that are scared bleepless out of that. Um, no, I, I think Houston is going to be absolutely horrendous. I think they are in a really difficult division. I would fully expect them to go 0 for 6 uh, in yep. their division. Yes, I do think Jacksonville can beat them twice. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this is lining up for them to have the number one overall pick next year. I think that's part of the reason why they probably are willing to go ahead and get rid of Deshaun Watson. They probably think they can go quarterback next year in the draft and just start all over again. But that franchise has been a dumpster fire for a couple of seasons now and the best thing that they could possibly do is start from scratch uh and they may want to think about uh doing the same thing with their front office i think you uh, are spot on there I, I think they're a dumpster fire inside the storm that is located on jupiter <laughs> i mean that's oh yeah that's houston man it's like rinse and repeat uh, i agree I, I mean i think this is a sound money mate wager right here i mean detroit's gonna give them a run for their money but at plus 250, get plus odds that the Houston Texans are going to have the worst record in the NFL. Yeah, I understand they have the 10th easiest schedule projected by Mike Clay at ESPN, but it could be Tyrod or Tyrod 
Taylor, uh, and then they're going to blow him up, and they're going to trot out Davis Mills, uh, the kid from Stanford who barely threw the ball down the field last season uh, for the Cardinals. So good luck, Texans. It is going to be a long year. You're going to be drinking beer out of your boot uh, to try to numb the pain if you're a fan. And look, if you want to get on that wager, you want to get on anything else, you do so uh, across the board, wherever it's offered, period. End of story. That's what you got to do. Run to the nearest sports book and hammer the parlay, or excuse me, the uh, future on the Houston Texans to go winless this season in the NFL. With that, let's get to another edition of the Fade Five. Number five. All right, Lundy, uh, today's subject matter of the Twitter poll, if uh, our listeners care to join in and cast their vote, and this ties into the Watson whispers that are swirling about behind the scenes in the NFL. Uh, how many yards will Jalen Hurts have on the ground this year? Uh, the over-under is set at 655.5, available at DraftKings Sportsbook. It is minus 115 in either direction. I personally am on the over here because I don't think the Eagles are going to trade for Deshaun Watson. They're probably positioned best to acquire the veteran services. But assuming that Hurts is under center for much of the year and has a long leash in that capacity, he is going to be a focal point. Uh, not only vertically, and he's got to make strides there because he was dead last in just a completion percentage last season, but definitely on the ground in an RPO-based system. Remember, over four starts last year. And granted, it was a different system overall, a different coaching staff. And Nick Sirianni uh, is going to carry a lot of what uh, the Eagles ran last season into this year. He averaged 68 rush yards per game over those four starts. Extrapolate that over a 17-game ze- series or season. Excuse me. That's 1,156 rush yards. You get Dillard, you get Brooks, you get Johnson back to bolster that offensive line. Remember just two years ago, they were number one in run blocking efficiency uh, and they were number 17 in that category last year. So they were still respectable despite all of the holes up front. So Hurts, over or under 655.5 rush yards. I'm on the over on that. I will share the Twitter uh, poll results at the end of the broadcast with any comments as well. Feed or follow my over on it hurts so good, will it? Oh, yes, it will. I'll take the over on this one because you start to extrapolate those numbers like we talked about. Take those last four games of the season. Look at what that turns into over the course of a 17-game season and add in the fact that, frankly, I think he's going to be running for his life a few times. Um, yep. I mean, I think this I think this Eagles team uh, is going to struggle. Uh, I think they're going to be in some negative game scripts, and I think because of that, you're going to see opportunities where Jalen doesn't have any choice but to start taking off and running down the field. So you give me the opportunity to uh, take a guy at, I don't know, Brad, what do you think? Uh, 40 yards a game? Maybe? Maybe 40 yards a game? Well, that gets him 680. So I'll take that because he's going to crush 40 yards a game as an average. So, yes, hammer the living daylights out of this one before the line or the juice moves on you. Oh, let me play nerd for a second. All he needs, folks, is 38.58 rush yards per game. Bet on the over on Hertz. Number four. All right, let's go on to a potential rookie sensation and a man uh, who's – 
Uh, it wasn't a meme, but it was a, a a picture of him saying that he had the longest wingspan of any uh, tight end or wide receiver in the history of the NFL, which was a bunch of BS. I, I don't know who came up with it. I think it might have been Pro Football Focus. Uh, but a quick uh, Google search said, yeah, that was wrong. Uh, whatever they were claiming about Kyle Pitts' wingspan and the Atlanta Falcons took it. They retweeted it. Anyway, that information was wrong. What information will not be wrong is Kyle Pitts hitting the over on 774.5 yards in his inaugural campaign at minus 115. This one available at BetMGM. Uh, yeah, you might have heard uh, during the offseason, a uh, certain someone named Julio Jones got traded from Atlanta to the Tennessee Titans, uh, and that leaves a 7.6 targets per game void within this offensive scheme. Uh, that was 20.0% of the overall target shares, what Julio logged last year. Now, history's out on Pitts' side. Only four plus-size targets have gone over this 774.5 yards number in their first seasons. Mike Dicka in 1961, Jeremy Shockey in 2002, Keith Jackson in 1988, and Charlie Young back in 1973 but Pitts is special. He is a freak. I know that generational talent gets overused and tossed out there you know, blindly, but it certainly applies to Pitts. A uh, guy that averaged over 17 yards per catch for the Florida Gators last season, 3.26 yards per route run. Yes, he has the radius, and he is a matchup nightmare in man coverage, and I fully expect him to be operating primarily out of the slot with occasional action at the X position and again a lot of targets available so are you with me on the over kyle pitts 774.5 yards at minus 115 available at bed mgm well brad let's remember that charlie young uh was a hell of a fantasy player uh we all had him on our roster back in the day uh back in 73, back in 73 always, baby we always remember the pride of the university of southern california um no i you know what i uh, i really like the over in this one and i understand that history is against him but brad hayden hurst hayden hurst had 571 yards receiving yeah. out of the tight end position last season for Atlanta. And Pitts is a hell of a lot better than Hurst. No offense, Hayden. Uh, he's got the talent. He's got the size. He is uh, the G word, the generational. He really is that good, folks. Um, and so, yes, I think he. I, I think this is going to be tight because I can see him having a couple of games where maybe the rookie jitters are in there and therefore he doesn't pull uh, what he really needs to average, which is right around 45, 46 yards a game. Um, I can see him having a couple of bad games in there that might have you sweating this bet, but I really believe he is that good. Have him targeted in a number of leagues. Um, people have asked us, uh, you on Twitter, uh, uh, the radio show on Sirius XM, for advice on where to go when it comes to some of the rookies, some of the dynasty drafts, yeah. and you and I have really sung this guy's praises, and I agree. I think that this number is one that he can do despite the fact that history is against him. So I'll take the over on Pitts because Atlanta's got to throw the ball to somebody. You're gosh darn right. Bet on Pitts. Number three. All right, let's go to a former stud wide receiver who has uh, experienced some rough days here the last couple of seasons uh, with his current suitor, and that being the Cleveland Browns. Of course, I'm talking about Odell Beckham Jr., uh, who at his youth camp uh, was interviewed, uh, and the reporters are asking about you know his timetable to return. He said he had no commitment to any dates after coming off that November ACL injury, but at minicamp, uh, he was participating in drills and the full expectation 
question is he'll be full go uh, here within the next uh, you know few days, couple of weeks for this Browns franchise. Still, though, Lundy, despite some of that positive news, it's percolating along Lake Erie. I'm taking the under on 925.5 yards at minus 111. This one available at BetMGM. I mean, look what he did last year when he was healthy. Uh, OBJ, 6.3 targets per game. 3.3 receptions, just 45.6 yards per contest. Uh, again, you just extrapolate, carry the one. That's a 775-yard, 17-game pace. Uh, yeah, the dot was attractive. Average at the target of 14.14, but his 1.91 yards after the catch per reception, one of the worst among qualifying wide receivers in the NFL a season ago. And two, it's a whole lot of Nick Chubb left. Right up the middle with some Kareem Hunt sprinkled in there as well. This is a balanced offense that uh, only called pass 50.3% of the time last year. So 925.5 yards for OBJ off an ACL injury, knowing he's in a conservative offense. Yeah, I'm going to fade him. Give me the under there. Fade or follow. Oh, absolutely follow. And the other reason why you talked about the balance in terms of how many times they threw the ball last season, even Brad, even if that were to go up uh, a a few ticks, even if it got up to 55, 56 percent, maybe this is still such a balanced team. One of the most balanced in the NFL in terms of trying to run the ball, keep it on the ground. And you've also got a crowded wide receiver room. There's some talent on that team. It's not OBJ or bust as it has been uh, historically when he was when he was, you know, making highlight reel uh, catches that we all remember this is a team that can throw the ball but they can throw it to a lot of different guys and Mayfield will move it around and they'll utilize as you just said Nick Chubb with a little bit of Kareem Hunt in there as well so to me this is way too high of a number for OBJ he is not going to come I don't think within sniffing distance of this I'd be surprised Brad if he cracks 850 uh, and that would be a good season I would think for him with the way that this team throws the ball and runs the ball so to me 900 925 no way Stick around for my top picks in Major League Baseball plus bonus time. Number two. All right, let's head to the diamond here, Lundy. And uh, let's talk about game numero dos of the doubleheader between division rivals, the Atlanta Braves and the New York Mets. Guess who's back? Back again. Uh, yeah, it's Jacob DeGrom, uh, and he's going to be nasty, as he always is. We'll see what kind of pitch count he's going to be limited to. It's probably going to be like an 80-85 pitch kind of game for him. But, you know, it's again, it's a seven-inning uh, doubleheader against the Atlanta Braves. This may be, you know, all he needs uh, to get a complete game shutout. And for that reason, give me the under on seven-and-a-half runs at minus 120. Uh, I mean, DeGrom, it's well-documented how brilliant he has been this season. A 1.08 ERA, 14.28 K per nine, and a 1.08 walks per nine mark. Just godlike numbers across the board. Uh, against the Atlanta Braves in a pair of matchups this season, 12 innings pitch, three earned uh, over those two starts. That's what DeGrom allowed. Now, Bryce Wilson on the bump. Uh, for the Bravos, uh, he has been touched quite often this year. 30.2 innings pitch. He's given up 22 earned runs at 6.46 ERA. But still, you know, if, if DeGrom goes out there and deals like he is capable of doing, this could be like a 6-1-5-0 kind of game. And for that reason, I think the under on seven and a half runs, again, and game two of a doubleheader will prevail. So fade or follow. Pull this one from DraftKings. Braves, Mets, under seven and a half runs. What say you? 
Uh, I say you jump on this one before it drops down to seven or even six and a half. I, I think yeah. people are going to bet this thing down. Between uh, DeGrom and the fact, as you said, it is game two of a doubleheader, which means we're only doing seven innings, kids. Uh, to me, I think this is an under. I like your idea of, of I, I feel like 5-1, something in that range. I just feel like this stays underneath the seven, tucks underneath. Get that first game out of the way, then trot out DeGrom for game number two and take the under. Yes, stay healthy, please, Jacob DeGrom. Number one. All right, let's round things out with my top play in Major League Baseball tonight. And you got to be willing to pay up on the juice. Squeeze it every last drop because it's going to taste delicious. And that is on Mike Miner. I'm going to take the over on four and a half strikeouts against the Chicago White Sox at minus 140. This one available at DraftKings Sportsbook. What does that mean? Well, if he hits 5Ks and he put $100 on the over, Actually, you should put 140 and just pay the juice. And when you do, if it hits, you get 100 in return. Now, the White Sox, uh, in the month of July, some sizzling bats, much like the temperatures across the country right now, 811 OPS as a club. But Miner has been over four and a half punch outs in a start in 11 of 14 games this season, including two out of three against the Southsiders, on which he had seven strikeouts, seven strikeouts. The one time he fell short, he had three strikeouts. Now, Miner has a 7.2 RERA, uh, 2.8 ERA since 6.15. That's over his last 38 and a third innings pitch, but I'm willing to clack and a clack and roll the dice that he can go out there and deal knowing the success that he has had against his franchise this year. So, fade or follow, Mike Miner over four and a half strikeouts against the White. Sox. I will be following on this one, and it's a little sneak preview of our bonus oh. time as well. Oh. Yes, I like uh, I like getting up over four and a half. Nice number there. It's not too high. Um, not something you got to worry about too much of a hurdle to be able to get over. Unlike <clears throat> Team USA, uh, but I think Miner, <laughs> I, I think Miner can get up to five. Brad, maybe a half a dozen, but I think he can definitely get to five. And like I said, that plays into my uh, bonus time pick for today. Uh, I told you to take uh, Parlez-vous Francais plus the twelve on Friday. I hope you listen because Team USA laid an ostrich-sized egg. Let's not uh, replicate what they did on the court in this edition of Bonus Time, Lundy. What else you got from in your betting card? Uh, let's stick to the same theme that we were just talking about. I actually think that there is a possibility of uh, the uh, Kansas City Royals pulling off the upset uh, mm. against mm-hmm. the White Sox. And I'll also tell you, I think Detroit has got a shot to be able to uh, pull the upset uh, as well. So you look at Detroit, you look at Kansas City. I think they can both pull the upset, but I'm going to go ahead and take the run line and put them both together. So I'm going to take a plus one and a half on each of those, and that puts me at a plus 204. And this one is entirely a TYG, which means uh, Brad and I were speaking off air about how bad my gut was over the weekend (laughs) uh, with some of my baseball picks. So you may want to fade the living daylights out of me. But Armand Marquez and Shohei Otani on the mounds tonight for Colorado and the Angels. But despite that, I am taking the over on seven and a half runs in the evening contest between the Rockies and the Angels. Yeah, Marquez has certainly had his struggles away from Coors Field, as odd as that sounds, but it's, these are facts. Uh, he, all right. He absolutely has. Oh, and by the way, we were talking. you were talking about Miner. I was looking at the uh, overall uh, pitching matchup. We talk about Manning out there who uh, has, Manning, other than yeah. that one really bad game that he had uh, for Detroit against uh, Cleveland, in his six 
games, he has he has not given up more than two earned runs. That's the other reason why I'm kind of leaning on maybe a surprise for Detroit. Mm, I like it. All right. Uh, elsewhere in Major League Baseball, give me the over on the Boston Red Sox. Five and a half runs, and let's get seduced by the juice at plus 110. Pull this one from DraftKings. Uh, Boston going up against the Toronto Blue Jays and Thomas Hatch. Uh, who is making his season debut in the rotation for the Blue Jays, a guy that's got a 2.73 ERA and 26 and a third innings pitched. Uh, That's what he had last year in relief uh, for this franchise. He's been a triple A. He's pitched fairly well, though. His 3.68 walks per nine mark could give you a preview of his struggles tonight. Boston as well. A 786 home OPS on the season. So, again, over five and a half runs at plus 110. Oh, let's correlate here. Let's, uh, you know, pair this together with J.D. Martinez. I think he gets an RBI at plus 120 tonight, Lundy. A guy that has been raking against the Jays this season, batting 333 with a 997 OPS and 45 at-bats. Uh, against Toronto. So I think he knocks in a run. And a little uh, early sneak preview of tomorrow, uh, take Team USA minus 39 against Iran. (laughs) They're going to get their crap together against the Iranians. No doubt in my mind. Uh, That number has come way down. Recency bias much? Yeah, I think so. I bet they win by 50-plus and try to prove a point. Uh, There you go. All right, before we get out of here, Lundy, let's go ahead and share the poll results on Jalen Hurts' rush yards prop, available at DraftKings at 655.5. And we got 214 votes, 53.7% sided with the over 46.3% on the under and that is a wrap on this edition of the fade that always podcast please follow lundy on twitter at nate lundy follow me there at noisy huevos drop us a rating and a review would you kindly and as always until next time feed or follow that is up to you feed the noise